Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast as we continue our sermon series uh, called Making a Way, and I'll talk more about that in a moment, but let us first focus on the passage that we'll be reflecting on today. This comes from Song of Songs, also sometimes called Song of Solomon. This is from the first chapter, and I'm going to read verses two through eight. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is perfume poured out. Therefore, the maidens love you. Draw me after you. Let us make haste. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will exult and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. I am black and beautiful, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar or the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one who is veiled beside the flocks of your companions? If you do not know, O fairest among women, follow the tracks of the flock, and pasture your kids beside the shepherd's tents. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So in worship, I'm going to be showing a commercial that ran during the Super Bowl last week. This was uh, actually a commercial for New York Life Insurance. So for those of you who watched uh, the Super Bowl, you may remember it. They start off, interestingly... And I think maybe some religious nerds were their ears perked up a little bit about this because they talk about different words in ancient Greek that meant love. So they talk about what philia uh, means. So for those of you who may not know, if you think about the city of Philadelphia, brotherly love, that's a certain kind of love. Storge was one that the commercial talked about. Eros, romantic love, was talked about. But it ends by talking about agape. This is a self-giving love, a a love that the commercial tells us needs courage and sacrifice and strength. And so for those who know the scriptures, or at least know a little bit about some Greek words, all of these are used for the word love in the scriptures. The ad, as I noted, ends with agape. Interestingly, uh, in the scriptures anyway, it was the least, this word was... uh, the least used in the Hellenistic world. I I should rephrase that by saying it's not the least Greek word in the Bible, but agape was the least used in the Hellenistic world to describe love. So we see here in this ad, this ad kind of in just 60 seconds point to how large this word love is, or at least as it should be. I think we sometimes tend to think of love only in romantic ways, but I want for us to expand that a little bit today as we continue our sermon series, uh, Making a Way Out of No Way, which is an uh, African-American folk saying. So we believe as Christians that our God is a creator, making newness where we thought there was only death, that opening doors that we thought were closed, creating joy in areas that seem flat and stale. We can see this creativity in lots of different ways in our world today and throughout our history, but especially, I think, this month we're 
considering how we see creativity in the Black American experience in conjunction with Black History Month, the way that Black people over the generations have lived out God's creative vision, particularly when under oppression. So we'll consider God's creativity in the arts, which is what we looked at last week, in love, in protest, and in worship, as we look at biblical figures, but also notable African-American creators. So our hope is that what we learn from those who came before us can shape who we are today and how we might live more co-creatively with God in the world. So today we're going to talk about how do we, how can we be more creative when it comes to love? And it's not something that we probably think about a whole lot. Love is love. But as I noted, love is much more expansive perhaps than what we may think. Now, the fact that Valentine's Day is just a few days away, and considering this passage that I just read, you might think that we're only going to talk about romantic love, or as the commercial noted, eros, but we're not. We'll talk about it, but love is expansive enough for us to focus on different ways that God's love has been creative and how we might be creative in our love for one another, too. But let's first take a look at this passage from Song of Songs, or as I noted, Song of Solomon, one of the most interesting, unique, sometimes puzzling books of the Bible. For one thing, God is not even mentioned anywhere in this book of the Bible. It is, in fact, a lot of love poetry. Some over the years have, because perhaps of their discomfort with this passage or with Song of songs, they've tried to make it allegory, saying, well, actually, this means Christ's love for the church. It doesn't really mean love poetry. But today, I think scholars are pretty aligned in saying, no, this is what it seems like it is. It's, It's love poetry. And so I think we can really only chalk it up to the work of the Holy Spirit that this book actually made it into the Bible. I think when we think of the scriptures, we We just assume that there's this big book that falls out of the sky, but real people made real decisions about what is included in the canon, in the scriptures. And the fact that there's so much in this particular book of the Bible that's in there that probably made some people uncomfortable, not just the overtones perhaps of romance and sex, but in other ways too. And yet it makes it in, which I think is beautiful and wonderful, and also should make us look at it more closely. It's tempting for people who are uncomfortable talking about this to say, well, let's just skip over Song of Songs, and let's maybe for a wedding, we'll, we'll talk about it. But I think it's important for us to really reflect what, what's going on here in this passage or in this book of the Bible. So why does this passage, particularly this passage that we read today, why would it bother some? Well, The protagonist appears to be a woman of color, and she's doing things, especially considering when this was written, that women just didn't do. She's creative about her desire for her partner. Verses two through four, she is using all of her senses as a way to express her attraction. She's using all of the senses, taste and smell and touch. Your love is better than wine, oils, are fragrant. Friends, this is poetry. And especially it is a kind of writing that might have made uncomfortable because casual touch in this time and place was rare in this time period. 
It's also, it should be noted that that might have made some people uncomfortable because uh, Renetta Weems, who's a biblical scholar, and I was reading some of her writings on this passage this week, and Dr. Weems notes that the Bible is full of stories in which male sexual aggression is taken for granted and assimilated into some of the most notable moments in redemptive history. So for men to be the aggressors, we or early readers of the Bible, early uh, those who were putting the Bible together may not have had a problem with, but for a woman to be able to name her desires probably, again, has embarrassed him over the years, but here she is. So there's that, we see creative way of expressing romantic love for another, but then there's a shift in verse five, and we see a love for self. I am black and beautiful, she says. She is the only woman, Dr. Weems notes, she is the only woman in scripture who describes herself in her own words. And she goes on to note that she forces us to face our prejudices. She challenges what we sometimes may consider dominant aesthetics. She poo-poos different standards of beauty that in our own minds we might put into place. So all of this is happening in these passages that should, I think, make some people uncomfortable if they are. But it should not just because they might be embarrassed by sex, but by really noting who is saying it, and by saying, I am black and beautiful, for us to rethink our own version of beauty and perhaps how we either consciously or unconsciously define that. We are given an example of how romantic love is affirmed by God and can be creative while sometimes making people uncomfortable. Creativity in love. So as I noted earlier, we're also lifting up uh, African-Americans who give us examples of how creativity is shown in different ways. And today I want to talk about Bayard Rustin. Now, when we talked about including Bayard Rustin in this sermon series, he probably could have fit in any of the different categories that we're talking about. Certainly when next week we talk about protest, um, we'll be, he could easily be used as an example there. He was a civil rights icon. He was the organizational genius behind the March on Washington in 1963. Countless examples of of standing up for social justice. But Bayard Rustin may not get the notoriety as some other civil rights giants get, perhaps because he was also gay. Now, here is where we want to talk about how he got creative with his romantic love later in his life with his partner, Walter. Walter and Bayard met in the 1970s, late 1970s. There was a significant age difference between them. And as Bayard Rustin uh, passed away in the late late 1980s, and so Walter has given interviews later in his life about their relationship. But as they were talking about their, their relationship and noting, of course, understandably, they assumed that Bayard would die first, And so they were trying to get a sense of what would happen when Bayard died, especially when it came to protecting rights, protecting Bayard's rights and the rights for Walter, because of course, at this time, the late 1980s, they couldn't get married. And so uh, certain rights that 
married couples could have around inheritance wasn't the case between two individuals. And so this was the way that they solved it. This wasn't necessarily unique at the time, but it was a creative way to do this. And that is that Bayard legally adopted Walter because this was the only way that Bayard would be able to leave behind his estate to Walter and have the same rights as any other married couple would have. And they had to go through a somewhat painful process for Walter to be able to talk to his mother about this. And his mother had to relinquish her parental rights in order for this to happen. It was almost, Walter says, as if Bayard was adopting a small, a small child. The social worker came to their home and talked to us to make sure that this was a fit home, things like that. But they did it in order for Walter to be the executor of his estate. So I mentioned this as a creative way of expressing love for one another. Bayard wanted his estate to go to Walter without Walter to have to um, receive any penalties for that. And as a way to show his love for that, they went through this uh, unique and perhaps for some people uncomfortable process to make sure that they both had the rights that any other married couple would have. That's the creative way that they thought about it. This is a way that we can express our love for one another. So as I noted earlier, though, I don't want to make when we talk about love today, just about romantic love, because love, of course, is greater than just eros. I mentioned earlier about agape, and we see the word agape throughout the scriptures, some of the most uh, famous, popular scriptures that we know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. First Corinthians 13, the passage that often we read at, at weddings, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. All of these speak of agape, love, self-giving love. So I don't want, for those of you, especially for if Valentine's Day might be a struggle, maybe you don't have a partner or someone significant in your life, I don't want you to tune out this sermon because I want you to think too about how can I express the love I have for someone in my life, a family member or a friend? How can I be creative, be inspired by the ways that others have been creative in their love? How can I share this with somebody else in my life? I read this really wonderful article a couple of months ago about this young man uh, named Brad Ryan. Well, he's not that young. He's in his late 30s. But he was going through a, a difficult time in his life, uh, wondering about his own uh, purpose in life, whether he was thinking about, this. do I really want to do? He was actually in veterinary school, and he was wondering, is this what I want to do? And he was having suicidal thoughts. And so he knew he needed to shake things up. And for him, going out in nature was always one of the greatest healers. So he decided to take a road trip to the Great Smoky Mountains. And, and here's where we see the creative way expressing his love. He also knew he was that his grandmother, that he called Grandma Joy, had never really traveled much. There was never much. She grew up in a small town in Ohio. She'd never seen much of the world and expressed some of the regret for that. And so as a way for Brad to express his love for his grandma, he took her with with him on this trip. And then that was the start of this amazing journey that is now getting quite a bit of media 
attention. They have about 40,000 followers on Instagram. So since that first trip to the Great Smoky Mountains four years ago, Brad has taken Grandma Joy, and they are in the process of visiting all 61 national parks. And I think they have visited all but just a handful. And if you go on their Instagram page, you can find all of these really wonderful pictures uh, for Brad to be able to do this. And I love this for lots of different reasons, but I love this creative way for him to share this kind of love for his grandmother. Thomas Merton is a one of the giants of the 20th century religious uh, writers. He was a, a monk, and one of his famous experiences he had uh, happened in Louisville, and it's there's actually a marker in Louisville that signifies this spot. And he writes about standing at this corner at Fourth and Walnut in Louisville, and he writes this. He said, in Louisville, at the corner of Fourth and Walnut, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people, that they were mine and I theirs, that we could not be alien to one another, even though we were total strangers. This is an experience, I think, of God, of the Holy Spirit that overcame him. And he had a sense, I love everybody around me, even though they are strangers. And my hope is when we think about love, that we get beyond just thinking about love as eros. That's part of it. And Certainly we want to be creative if, if we're, again, if we're in a romantic relationship, we want to be creative about the ways that we express that love, like the protagonist in Song of Solomon or, or Bayard Rustin, but then also to think even wider. Who do I love in my life, my family, my friend? How can I, how can I be creative in expressing my love for them? And then to take it even further, And to pray that God would give us the kind of heart that we can have the kind of love for people that we don't even know or haven't met, or as Jesus shows us and challenges us, love for enemies. That's a whole different kind of love. And it can only, the ability to love others, particularly those we don't know, can only come from God. And the good news is we are given that kind of love. The kind of love that we read about in John that says that God so loved the world, so loved the world. And the kind of love that we read about in 1 Corinthians, that's more than just a wedding passage. It's a, it's a passage by a man named Paul talking about the kind of love we should have for one another. That kind of love comes from God. And so my hope is that we can receive that love and then begin to think, how can I use God's creativity and share that with somebody in a way maybe that is unexpected, that will take them by surprise, that they'll be delighted by, whether it's someone that we wake up to in the morning or someone that we've never met. I hope and pray that you can receive that kind of love from God and that you will think about how you can creatively share it in your own way. Amen. 
Well, friends, thank you for listening to this podcast. I apologize. I'm realizing, I realized earlier today that um, I recorded last week's podcast and actually never put it up on our Podbean page. So you're going to have two sermons back to back. And uh, maybe you can spread these out because next week I'm not going to be preaching. And so, uh, as always, I encourage you to look at the Podbean page for uh, recordings of our other pastors at Urban Village. So uh, in two weeks, I'll be back and we'll finish up this sermon series. As always, you can reach out to me, christiancoon.com is my website, christian at urbanvillagechurch.org is my email address, and you can always reach out to me uh, if you want to chat more about these reflections. And so until the next time, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. Great God of heaven, my treasure thou art.